I can't blame anybody for my stress. If we want to take Jesus at his word, he says, don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. If I flip it, if I am troubled, it's because I'm not believing in him. Welcome to the Sound Words Podcast, where it's our goal to help Christians love and live out God's Word. If you're watching this episode on YouTube or listening to us on Spotify or Apple, thank you for joining us. We'd ask you to subscribe to our channel or follow and even leave a review or a rating that helps us reach more people with biblical content. I'm Pastor Aaron Nicholson. I'm with Pastor Jesse Randolph. And today we are joined by Todd Friel. Welcome to the Sound Words Podcast, Todd. And all of God's people said, who? (laughs) (laughs) So good to have you. (laughs) Thanks, gentlemen. I like Lincoln. You do? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I know you get mocked a lot for good reason. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Nebraska is pretty, you can stand, look to the east, and actually see the back of your head. I'm just saying it's flat. In Nebraska, especially when you get outside of Lincoln and Omaha, woofta. But Lincoln is way underrated. Don't let anybody know. It's a great it little is. town. I'm just impressed you know where Lincoln and yeah. Omaha is. Yeah. Todd, no, do, I do. do you feel the same way about Lincoln, though we don't have a Zaxby's? Okay, I think we're done. All right. <laughs> Can't have fellowship. We don't need Zaxby's. How could... Guys, have you noticed that these days... The division inside of our conservative biblical circles has almost gotten to the point of ridiculous, where we might part company because you like Chick-fil-A, but I like Zaxby's. Wow, I think we need to maybe just go back and reconsider what are some of the essentials, secondaries, tertiary issues, <laughs> mm-hmm. and maybe just understand that if we've, if we've got the core in common, that maybe we don't have to consider everybody to be outside of the camp. That's all. <laughs> Amen. Well, for those of you listeners who don't know Todd Friel, uh, Todd is the host of both Wretched TV and radio. He's the former host of The Way of the Master Radio. He's authored five books, five booklets, and has produced over two dozen Bible study courses. Uh, Todd, appreciate you. Appreciate your ministry. You always have uh, some humor with what you do, which is, I, I came across on your website on the About page. It made me chuckle. It said things like, who is the host of Wretched TV? Freakishly tall, Todd Friel. <laughs> How do I get a hold of Todd Friel? Good luck. He's very slippery. <laughs> and my favorite one, is Todd Friel Calvinist or Arminian? Todd's pronouns are he and him. <laughs> just sidestep the issue altogether. You know, okay, can I just tell you that is proof that the fruit, oh, wow, sometimes it falls not so far from the tree. That was actually written by my daughter, who she's <laughs> been a part of the ministry for five years. Y'all, she can't not say something funny. Everything that comes out of her mouth is just got a little bit of a zip to it. Yeah, so yeah. that would that would be my daughter. It's incredibly creative, <laughs> and I appreciate the humor. But I, you know, we all know your goal is is not to just go for humor. Uh, it's to see people come to Jesus Christ and grow in their knowledge of Him. That much is very clear. And uh, so we like to use um, the wisdom and, and the uh, knowledge that God has given you to talk about stress, worry, and anxiety. Um, But first, before we do that, Todd, could you please share a bit about how God brought you to Saving Faith and what he's doing through your ministry, Wretched? Uh, Well, he's doing everything. Well, there, that's the answer to both of them. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) The answer. (laughs) Any any good thing that we might be doing here 
it's totally of him because we are just a, a ship of fools and just a word. Paul, he thought he was the chief of sinners. No, that crown goes on my head. We So any any good thing that we do here, now we do a number, we do Wretched TV, Radio, we do Transformed, which is a biblical counseling show with Dr. Greg Gifford, Transformed Couples with Dr. Lou Priolo, Road Trip to Truth, we're just finishing season four. And so any of those things that might be a blessing to somebody, uh, it's absolutely the Lord. As far as him saving me, that too was the Lord. I was a, I was a false convert, a really bad one. I was not just a false convert. But I, because of my theological knowledge, thought everybody else was a false convert but me. I was pretty much the only true Christian on the planet. And I can, I think I can safely say this, that I believed in Jesus. In that, I acknowledged, yes, he is God. Yep, all of the things that we read about that he did on our behalf. Yeah, I believe that. But the Bible, I think, is quite clear that it needs to be a repentant faith. Mm-hmm. A, a mere acknowledgement that Jesus is Lord is not the same as submission to Jesus as Lord. It's not the same as repenting. So I actually went to school to become a pastor, <laughs> but I wasn't a Christian. They didn't ask. Yeah, wow. I slid through as a false convert, but I, as I look back, there's no way you could persuade me that I was a believer. There's just no, there's no way because you don't study about Jesus during the day and live like a devil at night. Mm. And so I was a false convert. And the Lord, I'll tell you, he graciously used, get ready for this, Chuck Swindoll. Mm. Remember Chuck? Do you know Chuck Swindoll? Magnificent voice, just really, just great orator. And he, his his program, as I recall, I think it's called Insight for Living, Mm -hmm. appropriate. I was, I was listening to him. I tripped across him on the radio for some reason listening to him. And I was hearing him. I knew what he was doing. It's like, hey, wait a second. You're talking about justification. But it was like showing it. Hey, you're, you're, you're talking about imputed righteousness. Oh, that's what. And everything just kind of started to click mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, suddenly Everything that I learned up here was making sense, and the Lord convicted me, y'all. He just whew, broke me for being such a pride-filled, horrible monster. The sin of ingratitude alone, awful, that he, God had been so kind to me, and I didn't thank him. Okay, all right, all right, now I'm, I'm remembering some details here. I went to a church, so... We wanted to go to a church that was similar to Chuck Swindoll. So I kid you not, we got out a phone book that tells you how long ago this was. <laughs> and because we found out that he was evangelical free church guy. And we found a church near us. For some reason, I went alone. And the pastor, he read something. I, I don't think that I would ever use it in a sermon, but he did, and the Lord used it. It was a letter from Jesus to you. And he didn't do altar calls. But he said, I want to read something, a letter from Jesus to you, but would you close your eyes and just listen to this? It wasn't like, you know, close your eyes, bow your head, raise your hand, any of that. Just listen to this. And it was, dear friend, when you woke up this morning, I was hoping that you would talk to me, but you knew you had a busy day, so you jumped out of bed. And I was hoping that when you were eating breakfast, you'd be reminded that I provided that meal for you today. But 
you're busy, but that's okay, I'll wait. When you open the door, I hit you with rays of sun that I provided for you, hoping that you would talk to me, but that's okay, I'll wait. And it made it through the day, and God just smited me. I just, I, I knew that I was the Nathan man. And I just broke, and I don't know that I stopped crying for a couple of weeks. Uh, it was like really bad. Like I got to pull over. I can't see what I'm drive, where I'm going here, because the Lord just convicted me of my sin, and He graciously gave me a Savior. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's so there awesome. you go. That's so incredible to hear the Lord's sovereignty, His His salvation, and, and that entire story wrapped together, and just how He broke yeah. you and brought you to your knees, and and brought you to Him ultimately. And Todd, you have been used um, greatly in, in many people's lives, myself included, through through Wretched Radio ever since. And um, very grateful for you and what you've uh, accomplished and what God, to your point, has allowed you to accomplish. And one of the things you've done is you've written a book, and, and I know it's, it goes a few years back. It's written in 2016 called Stressed Out. When you wrote that in 2016, it's not like a, it's not as though people are less stressed out today in 2023 than they were back in 2016. But could you give us just a, an overview of what is this book about? How does it compare to other maybe self-help books that are out there on these subjects of stress, worry, anxiety, even those that are in the Christian realm or on the, mm-hmm. I'm putting that in air quotes now, on the Christian shelf in the bookstore on, or on Amazon? How does your book separate itself in terms of being a, a biblically focused perspective on stress, worry, anxiety? Well, I hope just that. It's 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 Bible. Yeah. So the DSM-5 is nowhere in view uh, there's nothing psychological in it. It is all Bible. And the reason that I wrote this book, it's interesting. The publisher said, so do you deal with this issue? Do you you know, find yourself being depressed or anxious? And we, we all find ourselves being anxious. I think depression uh, is used far too broadly these days uh, to define what it is that we typically deal with on a daily basis. But in general, uh, thank you, Lord, uh, it's it's not like a big issue for me. And he was a bit perplexed. Well, how do you think you can write about it? Well, because the Bible addresses it. And if we just go about the business of exegeting the Bible rightly, well, then we've got our biblical solution for our anxiety issues. And the reason that I wrote it is because I tripped into an inclusio. I was reading through the Gospel of John, and I got to John chapter 14, and I was struck by something immediately. And I was kind of fixated on John 14, 1. This is the night Jesus is going to be betrayed, all right? Yep. He knows it. This is It's coming. He's going to be sweating drops of blood, knowing what's going to happen when he is hung on that cross, receiving the wrath of God for sinners like you and me. So I'm struck by his words. Don't let your heart be troubled. Hold it. Don't let my heart be troubled. You're the one who should have a troubled heart. The, Jesus should have been the one who was biting his nails that night. And what does our gracious Savior do? He turns his loving attention to those in the room, and he says, do not let your heart be troubled. And I was struck by the kindness of that and the love of that and the thoughtfulness of that, that he is concerning himself about them when he's the one who, if you will, should be concerned. And so I'm reading through and I get to the end of John chapter 16, and it doesn't say don't let your heart be troubled, but it's it's something on so don't you know don't be troubled about these things. Basically, so it's like, oh, 
we've got an inclusio, which means it's a bookend. So everything between John 14 and John 16, it's all about don't let your heart be troubled. That just changed the game for me because 14 through 16, it is loaded with theology. And we can use those books and we can gain some theological knowledge up here. We can learn about the Holy Spirit, the Comforter. We can learn about Jesus' omnipotence. Without me, you can do nothing. But why was he teaching those things so that our hearts wouldn't be troubled? I could have found more, but I think I grabbed 10 or 12 statements that I call anxiety relievers. They are theological truths that, if understood, should bring down the temperature of your concerns. Your heart won't be troubled when you are believing everything that Jesus said between John 14 and 16. So I just took those theological truths and applied them to our lives because we know this is a cliche, but you know, the longest eight inches in the world is from your head to your heart. Well, that cliche endures because there's truth in it. We can't just be learning theology. Jesus didn't just teach theology in three chapters so that we could become scholars. He read it so our hearts wouldn't be troubled. And so I simply framed each one of those theological truths with the wrapper of anxiety to say, you don't have to if you're believing this more and more and more. So I hope it is a biblical treatise of the issue using Jesus' words himself who said to us, don't let your heart be troubled. That's awesome. I'm glad you did that. I'm glad you you saw the need and wrote the book um, and, and got the, the information from the Bible. Uh, people everywhere want to know what causes stress and how to relieve stress, right? Yeah. Uh, just doing a quick search on Google, I found some causes uh, of stress and some symptoms. Stress makes you sick. Stress causes acne. Stress causes gut issues, big thing these days. Dampens your sex drive, makes it hard to remember things, reduces your life expectancy. Uh, stress apparently is a big problem. Yeah. What causes stress? Why are people stressed out? Yeah, I think, you know, when you hear a question like that, you go, oh, well, the stock market, uh, political events, CRT, ethnic issues, you know, what, Joe Biden, whatever. Okay. No, no, no. That, no, those, those can be stressors. Those, those can actually, you know, be a, something that brings what's already in our heart to the surface. Could, we can never say something like, that wife of mine, she makes me so mad. No, she doesn't. She might provide me the opportunity, but the madness is already in here, and I'm just letting it fly out. So I can't, I can't blame anybody for my stress. And, and this, this, is, this is just going to sound a, a touch sharp, perhaps. But if we want to take Jesus at his word— when he describes, this is why you're stressed out. Here, here's, here's what he says. This is, this is so... All right, let me do this. Guys, I'm calling you up. Yo, brohams. Oh, man, we're, we're, we can't pay the credit card. We are like, uh, the, we've got some medical issues. Uh, what do you think I should do? We, we, we start thinking practically. Well... Do you have a good financial investor? Do you have things in tax shelters? Have you been storing up food just in case everything goes down and we need food because of the supply chain? We would be very, are your guns stocked? You know, that's how we would think on it. Jesus does something wildly different. He says, don't let your heart be troubled. Almost a non sequitur. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Wait, what? Don't be troubled. Believe in me. 
Okay, so if I flip it, if I am troubled, it's because I'm not believing in him. And suddenly, Jesus' words regularly to the disciples saying, identifying that they are they of little faith makes a lot of sense. So I started looking through when Jesus said, you have a little faith. So he preaches about it, Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 7, and then as often the case, Jesus does, he really gives us an object lesson. He, he actually shows what he's been teaching. And so after Matthew chapter 7, sprinkled throughout the Gospel of Matthew, you see Peter, for instance, he's walking on the water, takes his eyes off of Jesus, blub, what does Jesus say? Oh, you of little faith. The disciples just saw Jesus feed 5,000. Now he's, they're confronted with 7,000. We don't know what we're going to do. And Jesus says, oh, you of little faith. He was telling them that it doesn't, he wasn't calling them a false convert, but he was saying, in the moment, you have a little faith. Now, we can have a little faith in one of two ways. We can have a lot of faith in a puny object like myself, or I can have a little faith in my big God. And I think that's what he's after. You, you're, you're just, you're believing wrongly. Didn't say they weren't saved. You're not trusting me. You're not believing me. You know what I can do. You know I always deliver on my promises. Trust me. When we get stressed, now I'm not talking about what somebody might be thinking about as clinical depression. I'm talking about the stress that we just feel on a daily basis, that anxiety that's, that we all experience. Jesus is saying, you're just not believing rightly. You have a puny faith. Grow your faith in me. And as we believe in him more, we have anxiety less. The cause of anxiety is a believing problem. Mm. Well said. Todd, this this question I think would be good to ask you directly because I think of you as a guy that is a busy man with many uh, irons in the fire, many things you're involved with and ministries that you you impact and Christians you impact. Is there such a thing as as godly stress? And two-part question, how do I know if, if as I'm laboring for and serving the Lord, I'm drifting potentially from, from stress into sinful anxiety? Right. Jesus helps us again. What do you know? So Jesus tells the disciples, don't let your heart be troubled. So that's a command. That means if your heart is troubled, it's a sin. Agreed? Mm-hmm. Okay. So then scoot back on the night that Jesus is betrayed. It might be John chapter 12, somewhere 13 maybe. And Jesus knows that Judas is going to betray him. And John says, his heart was troubled. Uh Uh-oh, we got a problem. Jesus' heart was troubled. He told them, don't let your heart be troubled. And if you do, it's a sin. We know that our Savior doesn't sin. So that informs us there are different types of troubling. Just like with any emotion, I don't care. You can't name an emotion. I haven't been able to think of an emotion that doesn't have two sides of the coin. It can either be sinful or not. Uh, Love can be great. I'm pouring out affection on my wife or my kids, but if I love money, then I'm sinning. Mm -hmm. I I can even be jealous sinfully. Oh, man, you guys have a better studio than we do, and I don't think you should have it. I want it. But you start uh, maybe showing attention to my wife, and I'm jealous for her affection, and that's not sinful. So we see that emotions can be sinful or not. And the same thing is true with your heart being troubled. 
there is an appropriate time to be troubled and an inappropriate time. So when do we see Jesus being troubled? Well, we see a number of times when a friend was going to betray him. So if you've got somebody who has wounded you, a loved one who has scarred you, yeah, that can be troubling. That, that just can be heavy and sad, and that's okay. Furthermore, Jesus was troubled thinking about the cross, and his heart was troubled about the coming horrors that he was going to be experiencing. You're confronted with something dangerous. Yeah, your, your heart can, can be troubled. There's something scary. It can be troubled. The issue, the difference is not that we aren't troubled, not that we aren't aware, not that we don't feel the stress of something coming. It's how we're responding to it by faith. If I am responding to it confident in the Lord, you know what? I've got something coming up. Whew, it's heavy, but Lord, you're bigger, you're stronger. I'm going to trust you through this. Help me to think through what do I need to do? And it would be great too if I could, if you'd help me navigate this to alleviate this. All of that is appropriate. What Jesus is saying is a sin is a little faith that bites nails. Oh, I don't know. If my kid doesn't get into the school, I, I don't think that they'll ever have a job. They won't get married and I won't be having grandchildren and we're going to live in the poor farm and we're going to die penniless. Okay, Jesus says, don't do that. Believe in me. I'm sovereign. I've got this. Have faith. So we can even, with a big faith in God, we can be, we'll just use the term anxious, but a, it, it's not a sinful anxiety. It is a natural, human, normal response to something that is downright troubling. The issue is not that we can be anxious, to use that term. It's our faith in the anxiety. Yeah, that's very helpful. I, I also think of, of Paul describing uh, you know, his testimony in Second Corinthians 11, and he talks about, I've endured sleepless nights, I've gone with hunger, and then he adds to it at the very end, in addition to all this, is the daily concern I have for the churches. Yeah. And there's there's yeah. a stress right there. And, and, yeah. and what would you call that, Todd? Is that godly that's concern? Not, or yeah, ungodly? that's of course, that's normal. But now, Paul didn't say, I'm freaking out. Right, no. Ah, I think I'm going to quit being an apostle. This is just disaster. <laughs> no. He had faith. He had confidence in the Lord, but he was troubled. He had concerns. Hey, I, I want this to, so I, I'm thinking about it. Maybe I could write a letter. Hey, what if we take the boat and land in that port? At that? Hey, then I could, all of that is perfectly fine. The issue is my heart, which is always the issue. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much, Todd. Um, one more question. Where can people go to learn more about you and your ministry? Well, thank you for asking, Don. <laughs> Sounded a little like Don Pardo, sort of. <laughs> uh, you guys are too young for that reference. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Oh, do you guys know Peter Sammons out at Master Sem? Yeah. Yep. Dr. Peter Sammons. Okay, so he's got his PhD, so like he's not a, a kid anymore. He just sent me his new book, The Forgotten Attributes of God, really good book. And he's, he said, uh, just wanted to send this to you because... I've been listening to Wretched since high school. Oh, 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 oh. that stung. Wretched.org. Wretched.org. That's the answer. Wretched.org. Well, we are so thankful for you. Thank you for taking the time, Todd. And Hey, I got I to gotta do a shout out. Sure. Because I, I know that a lot of people these days are kind of anxious about uh, the state of Christianity. 
I know I know your church, and I know some folks who go to your church. How many people attend your church on a Sunday morning? It's approaching seven hundred. Okay, dude. Wow, in Lincoln, Nebraska. <laughs> Praise God. You got seven hundred people sitting under Bible teaching. That should encourage all of us. The Lord is moving. The Lord is active. The Lord is sovereign. He's got this. Don't worry. He is still building his church, and you guys are are, are just yeah. a, a testimony of that truth. Amen. Thanks for the encouragement. Well, thank you again. And listeners, please subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on Apple and Spotify so that we can reach more people with biblical content. Thank you again so much, Todd. Jesse, do you have any closing comments? Yeah, the final word as always goes to God and His Word in 2 Timothy 1.13, where Paul to Timothy says, Retain the standard of sound words which you've heard from me in the faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. Thanks for listening.